everybody, and welcome to the Women Going Big podcast. It's Krista, your host for today, and I'm so excited. I I just have such amazing guests. Like, I have not had, I don't want to say a bad guest, because I really haven't. Um, but Roxana, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. All right, you guys. Um, so, Roxana... I am so sorry. Let me just figure out my windows here. Um, Roxana is a psychologist and an emotional health specialist with a background in cognitive behavioral psychotherapy. Um, She currently supports amazing women in finding their emotional balance, combining evidence-based practices with clear strategies and tools um, with an empathic, supportive, and authentic attitude. Um, You guys, I support all of those things. So I'm (laughs) So excited about this interview. Roxana, I don't want to take anything else away from you, but go ahead and tell our audience a little bit more about yourself and how you got here. Okay, well, thank you for the intro. That was a great um, start of the conversation. Oh, how I got here. Well, that's a that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, well, I, I think I was always very curious about emotions and thoughts and how humans function, right? And um, yeah, I think my start was I grew up in uh, in a society and an environment that was very focused on what other people think about you. Mm-hmm. So on negative evaluations and judgment and stuff like that. And as a result, there were a lot of rules and unrealistic expectations about how you're supposed to behave and feel and think and talk and all of, all of that. And yeah, I've heard a lot about... Uh, don't be sad, don't cry, don't be upset, it will go away, don't think about it anymore. And so I was very confused by that as a child and then teenager and growing up because I was feeling sad and I was upset and I was anxious and I didn't understand why I wasn't allowed to feel the way I was feeling. And I was also confused because I didn't know, okay, if I'm not supposed to feel like this, how am I supposed to feel? And how do I get there? And it was like all a big question. But I think at the same time, I was also the person that other people would come to to talk about their difficulties or to ask for help. And I think that like they just felt comfortable in having these discussions. And so I think like moving from that to a profession that caters to other people was like a natural choice for me. Yeah. I love that. And I, I so just so you know, like where I'm coming from. So I totally relate to everything you just said. Um, I was always that person kind of like through high school and even into college, like with my friends, where I would be the person that people would come to. Um, Mm -hmm. So as far as like on that empathic level, like I feel you. And I I think that's something that a lot of people go through, but like they don't know how to deal with it. You know, so Mm -hmm. it's important for us like that have been through it and have come out on the other side to be like, there is like there's options, there's ways for you to deal with how you're feeling and you're allowed to feel those things. So I commend you on doing that um, because I'm, I, I totally understand that journey. Yeah, um, exactly, that makes sense. And I think a lot of people go through this journey as well. And so it's, I think it's a lot of people that can find themselves in this part and it's, it is hard. It's hard yeah. to put boundaries and it's hard to not feel that invalidation of your emotions right and then to learn how to validate your emotions yourself and how to connect to them and yeah, yeah. that's basically what i do now in in my coaching with people yeah that's awesome so one thing that i like to do on the show is i love to hear about 
Because a lot of times as entrepreneurs and especially small business owners, uh, we have like one defining moment where it was like, it was like a light that turns on and it's like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Or I know this isn't the path that I'm supposed to be on. So I'm going to start the path on finding what I'm supposed to be doing. Can you, can you describe what that moment may have looked like for you? Hmm, uh, yeah, I think for me it was, I was in, so giving all this background that we already discussed, I think I was in the 10th grade and we had psychology as a subject in school. So we learned about it and we had re this really, really cool teacher. And so it made it a lot of, she brought a lot of interesting, fun things that I didn't have in any of my classes. And I was immediately drawn to it. And I remember that I used to go after the course and I would like ask her a lot of questions. She was like always very nice and stayed with me and talked about it. And then after a while, I just started to read more about it because internet was starting off a bit more. And so it yeah. was more accessible. And then I just, I don't know, I just at the moment, it was a click about all these early experiences with this part and um, seeing what options I have in terms of colleges and how to do that. And I remember I just went to my mom and I said, this is what I'm going to do. And she was like very worried because she didn't know anything about it. And she said, yeah. well, you know, maybe you should have more options like journalism, but also <laughs> right to write and just to see where you get in and if you yeah. like it. And I said, no, 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 this, this is what I'm going to do. And then that was it. So I just decided to, to go that way. But I think in terms of like changing careers or like moving steps, I think for me, that switch was from when I moved from therapy to coaching, where that transition was mm -hmm. a very important one. Mm -hmm. And yeah, should I talk more about that? So, yeah, I would yeah, love to hear more about that. So after my studies and my training, so in cognitive behavior of psychotherapy, I was working in my practice um, and I, was, I had a lot of clients with anxiety. That was my main thing that I was working on. But I also felt like I wanted to help more people if possible. And so together mm -hmm. with my colleagues, we founded an NGO and we did a lot of projects in the mental health area. Mm -hmm. And I discovered um, positive psychology and I was super passionate about everything related to, um, I don't know, mindfulness and acceptance and how to use gratitude and um, meaning and flow and all the strategies. And then after practicing for a few years, I realized that not a lot of people need that strict of a process that therapy offers. And yeah. a lot of my clients didn't necessarily need a diagnosis or mm. didn't need medication. Yeah. They just needed a space to freely talk where they felt safe. Yeah. And they needed mm -hmm. that part of like being able to unburden themselves and feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And they need a bit of guidance in yeah. how to deal with uncertainty and change and normal negative events and normal emotions that we all experience. And so when I made this transition to moving to another country, I was also like brave enough to make the change, but it, it was like a long time thinking about it and how to, to work with that part and how to, yeah, actually put it into practice. That's awesome. So how long total, like between what you're doing in therapy and then now coaching, how long have you been doing that? So it was like, yeah, four years of therapy. And then I had a pause with the transition and adapting. And now since the beginning of last year, so six years in total. Oh, now. okay, cool. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the other thing, because this is a topic that pretty regularly comes up, you mentioned in your introduction that you come from a society where people kind of tell you what to think or tell you what you should be doing or how you should think 
or you, how you should be feeling. And I'm like, I was kind of thinking to myself because that kind of describes, like, I come across that a lot with my guests. Like we talk about, and women in particular, like I grew up thinking that I was supposed to go into this profession or I was supposed to be a mom by 25 or I was supposed to have five kids and a stay at home mom and still work 40 hours a week. So can you just talk a little bit more on maybe like how to, how to break away from those expectations? Like if somebody feels stuck in those expectations and trying to live a life that isn't theirs, how do you recommend somebody get out of that? What are kind of, what are the first steps or how do you recognize that even? Mm-hmm. That, that's a very good question. And I also find that in like a lot of people that I talk to and my clients and sometimes myself, because that's also like, I think it's a process. So it's yeah. not like you don't have a solution and then it's fixed and then you just do it. It's like a process. And I think the process for me and how I approach this is a lot about feeling connected to yourself because our brains and our emotions and our thoughts, everything, they're trying to send us some signals. And usually we try to ignore them in order to either fulfill those expectations or to be in, I don't know, in acceptance of what other people would want from us. And I think the the way to do that is just check in with yourself as often Mm -hmm. as you can. So even during the day, take a few minutes now and then, so two or three minutes to see, okay, how am I doing today? If I realize that I do that every day for a week and every time the answer is I'm really bored with my job, mm-hmm. that is a clear sign. So you, mm-hmm. you gather information about what's not going on so well or if, what's, if you check in with yourself and you see, okay, I'm unhappy in my relationship or I'm a lot of disappointment or a lot of negative emotions regarding my relationship, I can then take all that information and see what I want to do with it. But if we're disconnected, and sometimes we are, because life is insane and it has a lot, of, throws a lot of us at yeah. us, right? A lot of stuff are happening. And if we don't have this habit of looking at what's going on with us, it's just stepping into that and checking in and seeing what's happening and gathering information. And then we can decide what we do with that. But it's one step at a time, I would say, yeah. Yeah, and I like that you said it's a process because it's not a, it's not like a quick fix. You know, you can't just wake up one day and be like. I'm going to be a completely different person. Like, I'm just going to, you know, in listening to your intuition, I've, I've come to realize, especially in the last couple of years for myself, is that it's, it's a lot easier said than done. Um, you know, I can say, you know, I'm going to make more decisions for myself this week. But then you start going throughout your week and people start asking you to do things and then you, you get overwhelmed and you get stressed. Um, and I think the biggest thing for that, and as you were talking, I was kind of thinking about the situations that people get themselves into um, where they almost don't feel like they have a choice. And I know everybody has a choice, but the people pleasers, the people that like to say yes all the time, um, the people that, that really feel like they need to do something to fit in. So obviously the checking in is a crucial part in that, but how do you break away from actually separating yourself from people's expectations. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, so I think it's a lot about identifying the reasons why you need to say yes when you want to say mm. no, because usually we do have that gut feeling or that emotion or whatever, something we feel that, okay, I want to say no, but I feel that I should say yes. And yeah. that moment goes very quickly usually. And so yeah. if you, can try to convince yourself to stay a bit more in that uncomfortable moment to see what's happening there. 
because usually we have so identifying the thoughts that go through our heads right this person mm -hmm. will get upset of we'll have a difficult discussion there'll be conflict to be uncomfortable i might as well just avoid all that mm -hmm. and just say mm -hmm. yes and then everything will be okay or we usually also take it further than that and we say okay the relationship will be cannot will be broken or they will be so yeah. upset they will, don't want to be my friend or my partner or whatever anymore and so thinking about all these scenarios is so you take you see what which ones are like the ones that go through your mind mm -hmm. and then you try to stay take a step back from your thoughts yeah because it's a lot i mean it, you have a lot of power when you realize you don't know actually what the other person is thinking that is yeah. very important you cannot read people's minds no mm -hmm. one has that superpower yeah and you cannot predict the future and yes the person might be upset but you are not causing that feeling so the mm -hmm. person chooses to be upset because that's how they evaluated your response but that mm -hmm. is their responsibility and it's not your responsibility to take on and that is when you realize that it's a burden that just comes off your shoulders but yeah. you have to stay in that moment and it comes with a lot of pressure because it's we we're learned how to do it and we practiced it a lot and then we're yeah. experts at it but when you try to separate yourself from the other person and you see what's my responsibility here my responsibility usually is maybe try to formulate the message in the way that i feel comfortable with so i'm not maybe i don't know how i perceive myself of being rude or too mm -hmm. brutal or whatever so i can just say an assertive no and i'm okay with that yeah. and then see what happens because usually mm -hmm. what happened is not as bad as we think it would be it's just yeah right it's usually not as bad and then we see what happens but what i do recommend when so analyzing the thoughts finding um arguments that can contradict our thoughts and then starting small especially yeah. if we, we've been doing this for like many years or our entire lives it's very hard to say no to big requests or to important requests or to the people that are that we feel that pattern is manifesting a lot more so mm -hmm. start with small requests and then you get a lot more exposure and then you see how you feel and then you get more comfortable with it but it's definitely again it's a learning process mm -hmm. but it's again feeling connected to how what your body and your brain is trying to tell you and usually it's trying to tell you say no <laughs> and that's what we we forget because that is what we want to do and then we feel guilty afterwards because we didn't respect our boundaries yeah. That's just it. Yeah. And you're 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 like preaching to the choir over here because and one of the reasons why I asked that is because like that was me. And that still is me. Like I still struggle with saying yes to things that not necessarily are bad for me. It's not like I'm putting myself in a position uh like that's a huge detriment detriment to my health, but like overall, like for instance, this week, like I probably overloaded my plate probably a little too much. And I looked over there only because my calendar is on the wall. So I'm not like <laughs> a lot of anybody who's watching, I'm actually looking at my calendar. Um, no, but I'm a yes person. And that's something that I think that was instilled in me growing up that like, I'm supposed to be a people pleaser. Like I'm supposed to do things for other people. Cause that makes me a good person. So I always thought growing up that to be a good person, I had to do things for other people. And I was never taught that really, truly, like I needed to do things for me. Um, so now I'm learning that at 27. But um, what is something I'm, I'm kind of curious to know, and obviously through my podcast, I know the things that come up pretty regularly that people go through, but what is, what's a common 
situation or like a common pattern that you see with your clients that somebody listening might be going through? Mm -hmm. So what I work a lot with my clients now is on how mm -hmm. to deal with difficult emotions. So mm -hmm. you might be experiencing anxiety, shame, guilt, anger sometimes, or intense sadness. And the difficulty with that is we don't like them. No one does. They're uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's our natural tendency as humans to seek for pleasure and to avoid suffering and pain. And yeah. when we do experience something negative, then our flight or fight response comes in. And then we try to avoid our emotions and our mm -hmm. thoughts. We try to run away from them or to just hope that they will go away if we don't deal with them, right? And so yeah. that's, that's a part of it. <clears throat> and what I do a lot or what we work on a lot is the fact that our brains have a motivation for everything they do. So everything has a function, everything has a role. So if we're experiencing a negative emotion at this point, yes, our tendency is to avoid it. But if we avoid it, we miss the opportunity to, to learn something from that negative experience. Because it's still a negative experience. We're still feeling bad and we yeah. avoid it. And then we feel bad because we avoid it. So it's a lot of stuff there. But if we allow spaces for our emotions to manifest and accept them and sit with them, even if it's uncomfortable and unpleasant, we might end up seeing why we're feeling that way. So we mm -hmm. go to the triggers, to the thoughts that might have caused it, how they manifest, what's happening in our body. But most importantly, what is this emotion trying to tell me? Because mm -hmm. anxiety is not just anxiety. Our brains are not out to get us or to punish yeah. us. So it, they bring a lot of insight about what's important for us, mm -hmm. for our goals, our values, our, I don't know, beliefs, dreams, uh, and also about other people and about the environment. And so that is a thing that it's usually very hard for us to do. And again, it takes practice and it's a process and because we, we are all going to experience negative emotions in our lives. Yeah. But learning how to accept and sit with the emotions and then from that point, learning how to manage them. So that's just the first phase of the equation. And then you learn how to deal with those emotions. That is something that I see a lot. Yeah. That's crazy. And I know in anxiety is like a big it's a big thing and there's like a lot of studies out there as to why like there's been, there's been such an increase in anxiety in young adults and even just general adults. But um, I think that that's something that people are always looking. I don't, so I think that people sometimes just think that that's the card that they've been dealt. And they, you know, they say, well, I have anxiety and like, this is, this is just something that I have to deal with. And I don't think people realize that, like you said, is that it's not just anxiety. It's not just your body fighting back against you. Like there's a root of it. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think that if you can address it at the root and do what you're talking, you know, people can overcome that. Um, I think, I think that's huge. I think that's huge. So how do you educate people, you know, besides people who are already clients, how would you recommend people educating themselves around those things and realizing that there is a way out and they don't have to be stuck where they are right now? Mm -hmm. So what I do, for example, now what I'm working on to have that is I have on my website, I have like a weekly articles. I post weekly articles mm -hmm. to bring resources and, and stuff like that. There's a lot of, I mean, for people in general, there's a lot of information out there. 
Yeah. And that's a good thing, but can also be a negative thing yeah. because you have to be very critical when you select what you read and what yeah. you absorb from what, what's there. Um, I also think reaching out, there's now a lot of professionals that offer free sessions or just a free consultation and reaching mm-hmm. out and seeing how different people approach the same problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think if you just do it on your own and you don't go in, in the environment to do that, I yeah. think a lot of the times I, I do recommend journaling and I know it's not for everyone, yeah. but I think I, I do it a lot. And I think it's a strategy that really helps us a lot, especially in anxiety, because it helps to bring, to slow down the thought process and what's mm-hmm. happening in our bodies. And we gain some clarity and then we can step away from it. We can come back, analyze it and take some, see some patterns and then we can move on towards solving things. But yeah, and self-care. I think self-care is also an important one. There's a lot of strategies going on in my mind. But there, yeah. <laughs> no, and there's one that I'm going to throw out right now because this is something that I know for a fact I don't talk enough about. And I've had a couple guests that we've talked about it on. But what can you, what can you recommend or what advice can you give on setting boundaries, like setting healthy boundaries um, in order to do the self-care or in order to be able to check in with yourself and say, you know, drawing that line? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's usually if we're not used to doing that, I think it's yeah. easier if we start with ourselves mm-hmm. and if we start with more practical things. Mm. So I, you can create a no list. I have that for myself. So oh, I like that. I have a no list and my no list is I don't answer my phone during lunch or dinner, mm. for example, or mm-hmm. I don't check my email after a certain hour or I don't work on Sundays anymore or it's yeah. simple things that Maybe you do, but it's, you know, it's affecting your quality time with yourself or with your loved ones and it doesn't help you. They don't let you take a a genuine break. And so that is easier when you start with the practical things and then you can move on to the things that are more connected to emotions and thoughts. And yeah, definitely saying no is one of them, but also like looking at how you invest your energy every day. So we have some areas in our lives that are important to us, right? Work is one big one. We have relationships, maybe we have a partner, um, maybe we have hobbies and we have self-care and all of that. So if I look at my day and 90% of my day is just work Mm -hmm. and have no boundaries around that, it would be hard for me to have energy and resources for the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I have to cut down that a bit and that's again boundaries for myself and then do it in, in that other way. For the other, for boundaries with other people, that gets a bit trickier if we like go on the floor discussion, right? But I think Mm -hmm. the most important part is to think about the relationships that we want to be in. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not genuine and authentic and honest with what I need and my desires and my emotions with other people and I'm not vulnerable, the other people don't actually get to know me. They just see a version of me that's very censored that I think they like, and they yeah. probably do like it, but the relationship is not, it's, it's always, it's always be on a surface type of level because yeah. the other person doesn't actually know me. Mm-hmm. And it's that motivation of wanting to be in relationships that I let people get closer to me and get to know the real me. And some of them might not want to stick around and that's okay because we cannot control what other people do yeah but if i am genuine and authentic as much as i can be again trying this step by step and i can see that the other person don't have such negative responses as i expect them or 
they want to be there or they want to get to know me even more, then we actually give our relationships a chance to go deeper and to be more, yeah, to have a solid ground to stay on. And then we can develop a lot more, but it's again, starting with small things and being vulnerable is definitely a part of that as well. And I, I love that. I love that you went kind of into that kind of relationship aspect of it and just, just owning you, like just being your authentic and true self, because like you said, and I'm a big, a big supporter of like, just be you. And Mm -hmm. I don't like surface level relationships either. Um, Being an empath and and an introvert, like uh, those surface level shallow relationships drain me. Um, I just don't do them well. And that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. And I, you know, I like, I like digging right into the depths of what makes people them. Um, And so I think that's really big. And I think more people can take note on like, just, just be you, you know, maybe self audit yourself, listen to what you're saying, you know, when you're with other people, but you know, never, I, I don't think people should ever try to be something they're not you know, to fit somebody else's idea of them. Definitely. And the problem with that is anyways, you cannot please everyone. No one's perfect and not everyone will like us. And that's perfectly okay because it's not up to us. Yeah. So the most we can be is, and I also, I, I truly do believe that the most important relationship we can have is the relationship we have with ourselves. Yeah. We are with ourselves from the beginning to end many, many years now. And it's good to be in a relationship with ourselves and we like what we what we're doing. We like the person that we are because otherwise it's very hard. Yeah. And other people, yes, they can have an input, they can give feedback, but it's our decision. Do I take this person's, I don't know, opinion into account and how much of it? And how do I, I don't know, adapt to it if I want to, but more often than not, it's just we're deciding for ourselves how we want to be. And that shouldn't be different in the relationships that we have because we're still us. Yeah, just adapt and I, to the I love that because, and what came to mind when you said that was, like, for instance, if you don't have a relationship with yourself, and I like to say, like, you're your own best friend, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, if you're friends with somebody else, and you either don't recognize that you don't have a relationship with yourself, you're just not sure how, or, you know, whatever the case is, you start taking your, your identity starts to fall under who you hang out with. You know, so it's Mm -hmm. at that point, you're not even yourself anymore. You start taking pieces of other people and identifying yourself as them. So at what point do you lose? Like at that point, you're losing your true sense of self. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's scary to think about what would happen, like what happens when that friendship breaks up or when that person leaves your life. I mean, you're literally left without a chunk of yourself and you you have to start all over. Exactly. That's, that's a very hard situation. I, it made me, well, now when you're saying that, it made me think about an exercise that I usually do is um, you make a list of the things that you like about yourself and that's harder than you might think for a lot yeah. of people. And these are like personality traits, mostly mm-hmm. like abilities and skills that you have and personality and stuff like that. And you take, then you move on to a smaller list with things that you would like to improve because we're mm-hmm. all like long life learners and a work in progress and that's perfectly okay. Yeah. And then you make a list of the things that you, you know, you're not very good at, but you don't care about them. Mm. 
because you need to have that. Otherwise, we're just thinking always, okay, I'm never good enough. I have to do this and be that because other people maybe require that of me. But yeah. some things you just don't develop or not learn because you actually don't care about them genuinely. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's perfectly okay. You just, sometimes you don't realize that because you're like looking and say, oh, this other person can do that. So I should be able to, but mm-hmm. maybe you don't care about it. It's just a yeah. comparison that doesn't let you move past it. Yeah. And comparison kills. I mean, comparison, that's something that, and I feel like women, especially, I know men go through it too, but like women compare everything. You know, they compare themselves. If they're a mom, they compare themselves to other moms. They compare each other to other entrepreneurs or, you know, like on Instagram, Instagram's awful. If you're not following the right people, cause you compare it like, Oh my gosh, like that influencer has such a great life. Like, and then you start looking at your own. And I think that that's something too, that people don't even recognize that they do it. That is so detrimental to your relationship with yourself. Um, like self-sabotaging almost. Mm, Yeah. And I think the problem is when we do these comparisons, we're not actually comparing ourselves to the other person because usually maybe we don't even know the other person, especially online now, but we're comparing ourselves with the high points that we see in the other person that Mm. we project Mm they're there and we have no idea what the other person i don't know does in the other time or what this other person has been through and so the comparison is very unfair Mm. and at the same time we can we're special and unique in our own way because we have our early experiences we have all the things that we learned Mm. all the abilities that we have so it's not like comparing i don't know apples to pears is like comparing a grapefruit to a I don't know watermelon it's like yeah. they're super different because you have no idea what the other person's been through and mm-hmm. your story is very unique mm-hmm. and you should own that because the things that we go through and the experience that we have they shape us as humans yeah. and sometimes some of them we want to forget but there's a lot of lessons to learn from them and that's yeah that comes with ownership of who I am until this point. And yes, mm-hmm. I can still change some parts, but yeah. I love that. And I love the fact that you said that it's not so much a direct comparison of you to them. It's mm-hmm. a comparison of you to your perception of them, mm-hmm. you know, of what they're putting out. Because like you said, like you have no idea what's going on behind the social media. You know, you have no idea what kind of life they're living. And I think that that's not only is it unfair to you, but I think it's unfair to them. And even though they put it out there, you know, it still isn't your place to say, oh, well, it looks like they have it all together. So why don't I? Because you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, again, that's just the perception. And that's, I, I feel like I could talk a whole other like podcast episode on perceptions on social media. Um, but I'm going to save that for another day. Um, Maybe you should that though. I think that's a very good idea. And I think that would be helpful to a lot of people. I think so too. Um, so kind of as we wrap up the episode, I do want to ask you, I have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you currently doing in your business right now? Like, are you, are you offering one-on-one coaching or do you have any group things going on, writing mm-hmm. a book? Tell me a little bit more about what you're doing right now. Yeah. So now I do a lot of one-on-one coaching and mm-hmm. I have some packages around that. And now I'm actually working on a um, seven-day self-care challenge. Ooh, I, so I think that. self-care is so important, and we did talk about that. And it's actually a, pi- a program that I want to pilot, so I'm going to just mm-hmm. start it out, I think, yeah, in two weeks or so when everything is ready. Because I do want to promote this idea of like actually digging deeper into the relationship with yourself and improving it and 
having a fresh perspective on that. And that would be like a, a group thing that my first one that I'm going to be starting. So that's that. But mostly, yeah, I work online. So mm-hmm. I, I mostly have one-on-one coaching with clients. That's awesome. And um, if people wanted to learn more about you um, or connect with you, how would they do that? Um, yeah, so my website is roxana-christina.com. And on Facebook is Tools for Self-Improvement. So that's my big topic of what I do, actually. Perfect. Um, So, and then just so you guys know, everybody listening and watching right now, all of those links that she just mentioned or her website and her social media links are going to be in the description. Um, So I made that super easy for you guys to find and connect with her. Um, Roxana, do you have, before we totally wrap up, do you have any other little tidbits of information or any last thoughts before we, before we finish up? Well, I think the topic of the, the whole discussion that I really enjoyed was um, take care of the relationship we have with yourself, check in with yourself as often as you can, self-compassion and uh, self-understanding and look at your emotions and what they're trying to tell you. So just like a, like a resume of that or like a summary. <laughs> a that's snapshot. I love yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, I think that thank the you. conversation was was beyond helpful in, in several different ways. And I think that we touched on a lot of different topics. And, you know, I would, I, I'm considering doing like some group interviews. Um, I would love mm-hmm. to have you back and maybe we can talk about the perceptions on social media um, and how that affects people's well-being. Because um, I think that's super important too. That sounds like a great topic. I would love to do that. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you okay. for having me. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely, Roxana. All right, everybody. Uh, My name is Krista. I'm your host for today. And wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, I hope that you are nurturing the relationship that you have with yourself, just as Roxana said. I hope that you guys listen to this podcast and realize that maybe you have some work to do. And that's okay because we are always working on ourselves and change is okay. So this is the Women Going Big podcast. I hope that you go big today in some way, shape, or form. And um, I can't wait till I talk to you guys again. So until next time, I'll see you guys later. Bye, guys.